Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is entitled, David Would Not Drink It. My text is taken from 2 Samuel 23, and my read is from verse 15 to 17, and I'm reading from the New International Version, and I read. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines and drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this, he said. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. I'm going to use the teaching today as an introduction to introduce the next series of teachings entitled, David would not drink it. So David was coming to the end of his life and had come to a chronology of everything he did with his life from the day David was born. And I believe this is what will take place to all of us if we're aware when we, when we are about to go, when we're about to exit from this life, um, we will perform a spot check of the things that we did with our lives before we expire. So David went on to say, he said this in 2 Samuel 23 verse 5, if my house were not right before God, surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured in every part. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire. And as the king wades through the journey of his life, from the time his parents abandoned him to when he lived at his father Jesse's house, his upbringing with his eight brothers and the treatments they dished out to him, as he paddles through his rejections, rejection by his parents and where he was forced to secure and guard for himself. He was neglected and cast to the backside of the desert to take care of masses of herds and livestock for his father. He soon learned tactics, strategies and maneuvers to survive being attacked by wild animals and how to fight wild animals, lions and bears, etc. To care for and deliver his father's sheep and goats when they get into trouble. However, thank God, David's story was changed in one day. David had a special visitation from a prophet of God by the name of Nathan. And prophet Nathan made a special proclamation by using a facial pick slide to pick who he was looking for between his brothers and he anoint and inaugurate David 
as king. And that changed, changed the trajectory of David's life. God was going to make David king of Israel over the mighty, boasty, and cockety King Saul. So after the swearing, swearing in ceremony, King David experienced unprecedented jealousy from the hand of his predecessor at the highest depth from every angle. King Saul's son Jonathan became bosom bodies with David while King Saul pulls everything out from his emotional, physical and spiritual store to destroy David. So it was at the point while David was mulling through the home team of the battles that he fought and was successful. David had the greatest army ever to touch the face of the earth. It is estimated that he had 35,000 plus standing. Three mighty warriors that I am going to feature in the next teaching. Josheb, Bashibeth, Tankimonite, and David calls them the three mighty warriors and chief that he takes with him everywhere he goes. David had the choicest and best army citadels, custodians, brigadiers, colonels, fighters, combatants, frontline warriors, etc. And David was saved when he had committed sin with Bathsheba and how Papa God forgave him. He was saved on one of the most prestigious fights of his time against the ostentatious Goliath who stood at six feet, nine inches tall. He had flashbacks of his clashes and combats and his encounters and skirmishes that he had with the enemies and how the Lord made him victorious. And his successes and his encounters that he had with all and sundries. And so I believe, child of God, it was at this point while the king was mulling, mulling through his elongated list, the Bible let us know we must have thought about the time when he must have thought about the time when he longed for water and said, oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. And the Bible let us know in verse 16. So the three mighty warriors, Josheb, Bashibeth, and Tankimonite, broke through the Philistine lines, drew water, from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. So why did David pour it out before the Lord? Children of God, you and I need to note, David is one of the most astute orators of the Bible. 
And if anyone knows how to express himself and how to express his feelings about Papa God, it would be David. And this is why I like the guy. I just love him because he really knows how to express himself. He uses poems and songs to narrate and express how he feels and how he thinks about his Papa God. And if anyone knows how to worship and express himself in worship and just didn't care what he looks like, what he sounds like when he worship, it would be David. He just didn't care if anyone was looking or watching. He forgot that he was king. Because you're nothing in the sight of God. You haven't got a title when it comes to worship God. So in 2 Samuel 6, I read, Now King David was told, The Lord was blessed, the household of Obed-Edom, and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window and then and when she saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. David didn't care what Michal felt. David didn't care how anyone else felt or, or anyone else that um, were looking or watching him. So as David takes his exit from this life, all these flashbacks came to him. He looks at the risk that his army warriors took to get him the water. And I like the word risk because risk means danger, jeopardy, peril. And we see and remember where um, there were times Jesus traveled to places where they almost killed him. And one such time is in Luke 4, 28 to 30. And I read, Jesus attends the synagogue on the Sabbath day in the town of Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And the Bible let us know, verse 17 onwards, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it. He found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. 
The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilling my hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself and you will tell me. Do here in your, in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assured you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many Israel there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked through. He walked right through the crowd and went on his way. And so, children of God, this is what this teaching is all about. Yes, it is for you to walk through the crowd. To walk through fury and vexation and hatred and so I have included this to show you Jesus had his fair share of challenges too before his crucifixion so the water that the warriors risk is symbolic and I'm going to break it down by the grace of God in next week's teaching the well of water is used as an, as an analogy to represent God's fountain of life given through Jesus for our salvation. So I'm going to pray now and then come back to you next week with the teaching. Thank you, Papa God, for this another inspirational teaching. I pray that you will bless children of God who listens. I pray that you will use it as a point of contact to begin a mighty change and revival in their lives and that all the blessings of your anointing in verse 18 will come upon your children as they listen. I pray, Father God, for the anointing to proclaim good news to the poor, poor in spirit, poor in heart, poor in soul, poor in issues, poor in concerns, poor in abilities and to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor so that the name of Jesus at the end of listening to this teaching next week will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Children of God, this is Pastor Sandra exiting until next week.
and just to encourage you to pass this to your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, so that they will listen and listen to the teaching next week and they will be blessed. The Bible says faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. God bless you. Until next week. God bless.